Well, good morning. Today we start the message series, The Journey, as we walk towards Easter. You know, this is the journey of Jesus' final week that leads towards the cross. And life ultimately is just a journey, moments of triumph and, and brokenness, times when we laugh and cry, stages of life when we get it, and stages when we're clueless. Throughout this journey, we see that it not only takes us to the cross, but it constantly intersects with the cross. You know, sometimes it's actually the journey that teaches us about our final destination. And I hope that as we go through each week leading through Easter, that you commit to being here every week with us, whether it's in person or online, and that you find someone to bring along with you to take the journey with you as well. But, but as we prepare for this message today and this series, let's open them with a word of prayer. Father in heaven, we come before you right now, and we thank you because you've gone before us. You've paved the way. And right now, as we commit to this journey, as we walk through these next few weeks leading to Easter, Lord, help us not only to see the lessons from your journey that final week, but Lord God, may we see how we can experience you through this journey as well. Lord, help us to see you, help us to hear you, and may we walk with you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. You know, I'm a boy from the Berg. I grew up in Pittsburgh, and I have to be honest with you, I am a low-level Pirates fan because, let's be real, my friends, it is tough stuff being a Pirates fan. I mean, some of you guys feel the pain. One of the greatest Pirates games that I have been to was on July 13th, 2015. You know, I remember the, the days of my younger years, of Barry Bonds and Andy Van Slyke and how great it was, and all of a sudden, nothing. And it's been like 20 plus years of nothing for Pirate fans. And then all of a sudden, it came. It seemed like our team has finally arrived. I remember that game. I brought my family, my wife and my boys, and the, the PNC Park was packed. I never saw the ballpark for the Pirates so filled in my entire life. The crowd was going crazy. The game was going back and forth, back and forth. And then in the 10th inning, the Pirates won on a walk-off hit. It was amazing. The crowd has gone wild. It seemed like we have arrived, that we have a team. This is amazing. And then just as quickly as it arrived, it disappeared. <laughs> and it was gone. And I could still hear the echoes of, echoes of that crowd as we watched one by one that team get shipped off to other teams. You know, in this moment, as in Jesus' story, as he begins this journey at the beginning of the week, he's at the greatest celebration known as the triumphal entry. And here he was. It was the height of his, of his popularity. The crowd was going wild. There was great celebration going on for a week that was going to end in chaos and tragedy. Yet through this whole journey, through this whole parade, through the whole celebration, there was this dark cloud that was just hanging over the entire incident. There was just something unraveling it all. And I'm certain as Jesus approached the view of Jerusalem, it was one of those eerie moments that he could still hear the celebration behind us, that he could still hear the crowd hooting and hollering for him. But yet they also got to the point that they didn't even know why they were celebrating. They started to lose focus of Jesus. And then he had his gaze locked over the entire city. And then in that moment, he just broke down. He broke down and wept. 
The city never knew that he was even coming. It's here in Luke 19.41. It's written, As he, Jesus, approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it. Now imagine the scene with me, if you will. I mean, the crowd was in celebration mode, so much so that the majority lost track of Jesus. They lost track of where he was, what he was doing. I mean, they were in party mode. It was fun times. And then there was Jesus walking towards the view of the city, locked his eyes on the city, hearing the people who were celebrating behind him. And then he looks over the city, and there he sees it. He sees it. It was the city just living life. They were working. They were rushing around. They were running down straight street and normal street and, and whatever else street you want to get, give a name to. They were just going from point A from point B. I mean, they were living life. Life was normal. Life was good. They were just focused on their day to day. And they were just going through the normalcy of life. And then Jesus began to cry. He began to weep. And see, this weeping was not just tears going down his cheek. This was an uncontrollable sobbing. Today we would call it the ugly cry. You guys know the ugly cry, right? It's just where you're so overwhelmed with emotions. I mean, you have no control of your face and you're sobbing and you're, you're sniffling and your face is tweaking all around and you have no control over it. It's just the ugly cry. You are completely broken down. And in this moment, Jesus was completely broken to the point of an ugly cry over the city of Jerusalem. And it just makes me wonder, what was he so heartbroken about? He's got the celebration going on behind him. He sees the city and people just living life. And he was so heartbroken. But you see, what he saw was a city that was so busy. A city that was focused on life. A city that was focused on their life. On their life. They were focused on just being normal. What they knew. What they were comfortable with. Just getting through the normalcy of the day-to-day of their life. And I'm just going to be real with you. I've really been wrestling with this over the past few months. I've really been wrestling with this internally. You know, just like you, I'm sure, my heart has been a constant heart of plea of, I just want to get back to normal. I'm so tired of what this last year has been. I'm tired of everything that's happened. I just want to get back to normal. And it's like sometimes our happiness is connected with normalcy of life. And so we think, if I can just get back to normal, then I can be happy again. I can just get back on with it. I can have peace. Because I don't have peace right now because the world's just in chaos. And if I can just get back to normal... I can have peace, but what if normal was never right? That's really what I've been wrestling with. What if normal was never really right? You see, in this moment for Jesus, when he was overlooking Jerusalem, it seems that that's where the city was. It was normal. They were living life. They were doing what they know trying to just maintain their comfort, maintain the security of their life. And the reason that we're so attracted to normal life is because it is a sense of comfort. And 
honestly, that's why we want to seek it, because in normalcy, we find comfort, and that's what we want. We just want to get back to what we, are, what we knew, what was comfortable to us. And comfort really is just that sense of ease. It's that place we go to to feel secure with no conflict. You know, comfort is, is a security blanket for us. If I can just get to this place where I'm comfortable, then I feel secure. Then I feel safe. I don't have to deal with conflict. Life is good. But let's be honest. I think we like being in that place of security. We like being in that place where there's no conflict, where life is just comfortable. And it's in those moments that we can just say, oh, I'm peace. Life is good. But yeah, I think there's a struggle there that we need to understand because if peace is only found when life is good, is that really peace? And here's a deeper problem with this. You know, oftentimes to live in that place of comfort, that place of security where there is no conflict, we have to live in a false sense of reality. We have to live in this reality of everything's okay. Everything's so good because my world, my world is good. And we kind of live in that false sense of reality. And because of what is normal, what is comfortable, what is safe for me, it may not be true for everybody else. And sometimes in my desire for normal, in my desire for comfort, in my desire for uh, no conflict and security, I silence the cries of those around me because I just say, well, I don't want to deal with their noise because that messes up my comfort. That messes up my normal. That messes up my sense of security. But even more than that, I feel the more we get pulled into that desire just to be comfortable, it causes us to miss things. And sometimes in our seek for comfort that we think gives us peace, we miss the reality of life. We miss life. And sometimes because we have that false sense of reality and then the normalcy of life that just gets ripped away from us that happened just a year ago, when that gets ripped away from us, then we struggle with peace because then chaos is all around us and that just urges up the chaos that is within me and we don't know what to do. And then we find ourselves searching for peace. And so what peace are you searching for? Is your peace only found when life seems to be good? Because that's not true peace. You know, on that day, Jesus stood over the city and he said, if you only knew me, if you only knew me, Luke 19, verse 42, Jesus said this, if you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. It's hidden from you. In this moment, Jesus is emphatically saying, Jerusalem, of all people, Jerusalem, who should know me, who should know who I am, what I'm all about, what is to come. Jerusalem, you of all people, you should know me. You don't even recognize me. You don't even know me. I've been here all these years and you missed it. I'm about to do something amazing this week and you are about to miss it. You got so caught up with just living life, 
trying to maintain your sense of normal, trying to maintain your level of comfort. And you've been so focused on that that you've missed me. You've missed me. And you're about to miss me again. And like those in Jerusalem on that day, our focus tends to be, let's just live life. Let's just get back to normal so we can enjoy life, so we can enjoy what we once had. And I feel it's the normal that we want to get back to. I feel it's the comfort level that we want to get back to, the going to work, the enjoying our hobbies with, with nobody deal, bothering us, the being able to go out to restaurants with family and friends and just chillax. You know, we just want that again. But let's be honest. What if our desire to just live life causes us to truly miss life? Did you ever think about that? Jesus said that he came into this world to give us life, but not just life, life more abundantly. That's what Jesus said. And so often we're focused on, I just want life. And because we just want life, we miss out on the abundant life that Jesus wants to give to us. There is a significant difference. The more we try to maintain our level of comfort, the more we try to seek our normal, the more I feel we tend to miss the abundant life that Jesus really wants to give us. And there he stood over Jerusalem, and he was ugly crying. Why? Because he knew they were about to miss abundant life that is only found through the reality of what he was about to do on that cross. That's where life and peace is fine. And sometimes normal just causes us to miss life to the fullest that Jesus offers. And because of that, we are constantly in chaos. Not just externally. But I believe there's many of us sitting here in this room or watching online that you can honestly say, Bill, there is so much chaos within my own heart. And I just don't know what to do with it. I'm trying to find peace and I can't. And we, think, and we thought that because normal was ripped away that maybe that was the reason why we were struggling with peace. But I'm here to tell you, it's not. It's just revealing the true reality of what we've been missing that maybe, maybe normal caused us to miss the reality of life. Here on this day, Jesus then goes back on to prophesy about the destruction that was on the horizon for the people of Jerusalem. He says, they didn't even see it was coming. In verses 43 to 44, Jesus says these words, the days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment against you and encircle you and hem you in on every side. They will dash you to the ground, you and the children within your walls. They will not leave one stone on another because you did not recognize the time of God's coming. You see, the destruction was coming because of the rejection of Christ. And Jesus was talking about, you are about to miss it. You think that is life. You think that gives you security. You think that world gives you peace. It does not, because destruction is on the way. This world brings many trouble. And the destruction that he was talking about was, in A.D. 70, the Roman Empire completely flattened Jerusalem. Here we were 40 years or so earlier, and Jesus knew the day's coming when what you feel is your safe place is about to come tumbling down. And then what? You're about to miss it. 
Jerusalem, you're about to miss it, and I think he's saying it to us too. Focusing on the normal, living our own life, just leads us to a false sense of security, and ultimately it tends to break us down within. And just break us down, and break us down, and break us down. And so many of us in our life are searching for peace in the middle of chaos. And we wonder, is peace even possible? Can we even achieve that? And I think it goes back to the question, what peace are you searching for? What peace are you seeking? Because ultimately, peace is freedom. Peace is that sense of security despite what's going on around us. And oftentimes, we're searching for peace in our comfort, in our own, in our own security, in the things that we feel we can control. But in this world, you really, we don't really have a lot of control on anything. It's what we lean on is what's most important. And our hope is the peace in our heart will be found if we can just get back to normal. If we can just get back to the way things were a year ago, maybe we'll have peace. But what if that normal was never really right? What if that normal was causing us to miss the reality of life. I'll be honest, if that is the peace we seek, I fear we'll never be satisfied. I fear that we'll miss out on so much more. It's not about what you know, my friends. It is about who you know. You see, peace is not found in the normal. It's not. Peace is not found in the normal. If you're struggling with finding peace in this moment right now, you will not be satisfied when normal comes around again. We're always going to be longing for something more because life always throws us curveballs. Life is always knocking us down. You know, when I was a kid, we used to play ball back in the, in the backyard. And I remember, playing, I remember playing with my buddies. And when I was up to bat, and they would throw me a pitch, and can I tell you, I would always get frustrated with them because I wanted the pitch right down the middle. You know, there was a sweet spot I had that if they could just hit my sweet spot, I could crank it out of the yard for a home run. I could look like Babe Ruth. But you know what? They never hit my sweet spot. And they would pitch the ball. I'd be like, can you just throw it here? Why are you throwing it up here or down here? You know why? We get so frustrated because we want the perfect pitch. So we can hit it. And if it's not the perfect pitch, so often we just swing and we miss. And the same is true in life. In life, we're constantly saying, in our comfort, in our normal, in our security, we're just like, God, just life, just give me the perfect pitch. So that life is good. I can crank it out of the park. But life doesn't throw the straight pitch down the middle, does it? Life is a constant curveball. And like those like. Me playing backyard ball, we're constantly frustrated because of all the curveballs we get. And the more we try to find peace in our normal, the more we're left broken. The more we're left broken. Why? Because normal never lasts. Normal never does. There could be another pandemic around the corner. Or 9-11 or the phone call that nobody wants about the health issues. Normal never lasts. Today may be a good day, enjoy it, because we don't know what tomorrow's gonna bring. Normal 
never lasts. And if you only find peace when life is good, you're missing out on the real peace that you can have that sustains through it all. You see, because when we constantly swing and miss in this life, in this world, and peace flutters away, we just find more and more brokenness within our own hearts and within our own life. Because all that does, the chaos all around us, are just real symptoms of the chaos that is within us. And so often all this chaos just creates more and more brokenness internally within our own hearts. And before you know it, if you do not find the real peace that only comes through the reality of Jesus, before you know it, the internal brokenness starts to fester itself into bad attitudes. And then before you know it, then you have all these bad attitudes that then causes you to make poor choices that then begins to affect all the relationships around you. And before you know it, the chaos that was within you becomes chaos all around you. And we just got to figure out how to find peace. Because the war within our heart only intensifies when there's more and more chaos. And when our normal is challenged, it opens the reality that we are grabbing onto, peace, onto, onto for peace that usually does not sustain. You see, peace was never meant to be just something we have when life is good. There's something deeper there. You know, when things are going your own way, that's great, that's easy. But when normal gets shattered, when comfort gets ripped away, when uncertainty surrounds us and chaos is all around us, I believe there's a deeper peace that we can, we can have. You see, the more we try to find peace in what is normal, the more we miss the peace that is sustainable. And my friends, there is peace that is sustainable despite the, the circumstances that are, are around your life. You see, peace is found in our, when we focus on Jesus. When Jesus is our focus, that is when peace is found. Peace, as it relates to God, may be experienced even in the midst of earthly conflict, even when struggle is all around you. When life is hard, you can still have peace. When normal is ripped away, we can still have peace. Jesus said it this way in John 16, verse 33, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. That's a beautiful word, that verse. But that verse gives us some very important promises that we cannot overlook or miss out on. Did you catch that? The first promise that Jesus says is this. In this world, you will have trouble. You see, Jesus never promised a free-living, happy-go-lucky life. He never promised that. And so if you think, boy, if I'm going to live the Christian life, then everything's going to be great. I never have to deal with any problems or struggles or chaos. You're missing it. What Jesus said is, in this world you will have trouble. But take heart. Why? Because he has overcome the world. He has overcome the struggles. He has overcome the heartache, the pain, the disappointment, the brokenness in our lives. He is victory. He is freedom. He is life. He is peace. He's peace. 
And in Jesus, it's the peace that you've been searching for. He is the peace that is sustainable no matter what happens around us. This world can go crazy. There could be another pandemic for the next four years. I won't like it. But you know what? I have peace. Because in Jesus, his peace is sustainable. Please know this, my friends. Peace is not the absence of struggle or conflict. It is the result of reconciliation and surrender to the will of God. You see, peace is found in reconciliation. And reconciliation is found in the heart of surrender to the will of God. That's what broke Jesus' heart on that day, standing and looking over Jerusalem. Because they were focused on their life, not the life that Jesus provides. They were missing it. And so often in our attempt to control our environment, in our attempt to maintain normal, maintain our own peace, not only do we miss it, but we lose peace as well. And with that comes a sense of honesty. This path towards peace needs to be worked out with Jesus. At some point, we need to completely surrender to him for who he is and what he provides. Because his peace is real. You see, if you're like me, so often we try so hard to control our environment. I want to control my environment. I want to control what's normal. I want to control where I find comfort. Because I don't want to deal with bad days. I'll be honest with you, that's a wrestling match within my own heart. I don't want the bad phone calls. I don't want the, the bad health situations. I don't want the crisis mode situations. I want to control things so that it can be safe. And the more I try to control it, the more I lose uh, my grip on the reality of what peace is because what I learn more and more is that in my attempt to have control, the more I realize I have no control whatsoever. And it just breaks me down even more. And internally, there's just more brokenness and chaos. And it's until I come to the reality, Jesus, I need to completely surrender to you. Because you are peace. Not me. Not what I can control. Not what I can do. The Apostle Paul puts it this way in Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 7. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every, every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I think you might need to save that verse. Like me, maybe some of us needs to highlight that verse and read it a few times this week as reminders. That in life, we don't need to be anxious about anything. We don't need the chaos that surrounds us to create chaos within us. But in every situation, we need to surrender completely to God in prayer and petition. And his peace, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and will guard your minds. You see, it's peace when we completely surrender to the will of God that sustains no matter what goes on around us. No matter what happens. You see this week that Jesus was about to go on, that we're going to journey through Easter, 
It was a week of chaos. It was a week of uncertainty. I mean, there was some crazy stuff that happened this week. But through all the chaos, through all the struggle, there was an underlining current of peace. Because Jesus knew ultimately that's what it was. This whole week was about Jesus, the Son, surrendering to the will of God, the Father, that led him to the cross to bring us life. That's what this week is all about. And Jesus is the example of that complete surrender and the experience of peace despite the chaos. And you can have it too. And so for us today, as we begin this journey, it needs to start in a place of complete surrender. It needs to start in a place to completely surrender to him so that we can fully experience him. And maybe that's you here today. Maybe it's time for you to completely surrender to him so that you can experience the fullness of life that he offers. Will you pray with me? Father God, we just come before you right now. Lord, in this moment, it seems like so often the chaos that is just all around us is just a reflection of the chaos that is within us. Lord, I'm sure there's many people here right now, just like me, that struggles so, so often with finding peace. And it seems like we search for peace and we long for peace and we try to maintain good days so we can maintain the peace in our hearts. But Lord God, we often see that that peace is not sustained because the brokenness that happens all around us just unravels our reality of what we thought was peace. And Lord, in this moment, may we just completely surrender to you. Right now, for those of you in the room or online, let's just take a quiet moment. And wherever you're at, use this as a moment to surrender to God and to experience his peace. Father, we thank you. We thank you because we know you hear our prayers. You know our hearts and you know what's going on in our life. And Lord, right now we just completely surrender to you. Lord, you are the God of peace and life. And we just want to experience the fullness of life that you have to offer. And Lord, in this moment, may we just stop trying to control it. And may we just give it to you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. In this place, if you've prayed, God, I need to give you control. I want to surrender to you. We want to help you in that journey of what that surrender is, what that means to truly give your life to Jesus. If you're in the room, we'll have some of our elders at the Engage Impact booth after the service. And we just ask you to stop back there. And they would love to talk to you of how you can take some next steps to fully surrender your, your life to Jesus to experience his peace. If you're online, there's some great hosts right now that can help you find a time to chat and to talk more about that. But don't leave today of identifying, Jesus, what, how can I surrender to you more to give up my control for you? You know, God is doing amazing things in this place. And we're so excited for that. And right now, we're gonna be, in a moment, we're going to be praying for our offering. And I just want to thank you, church, 
for your continued support in your tithes and your offerings. God is truly on the move and he's doing great things. You know, every week there, I'm seeing life change. Every week I'm seeing somebody else saying, Bill, I'm ready to get baptized. I had someone this morning who said, Bill, I'm ready to get baptized. I'm ready to give my life to Jesus. And that is happening. Why? Because God is moving. And he's moving because of our faithfulness individually and collectively. So thank you, church, for your continued support that God can use us for great things. And you might be sitting here, Bill, I've never taken a step to partner with the impact within my area of generosity. Well, you can start right now, and, or we just pray that you, t- I just ask you to just pray and, and consider that option because God is moving. We'd love to use you as well. And for those of you who brought your offering in-house, you can drop it off at the offering plate um, booth on the way out, or you can always give at impactpittsburgh.com. But let's just pray right now for our offering. Father in heaven, I thank you so much because it is just so exciting to me to see the ways that you are moving all around us. Lord, your goodness is here, and your mercy reigns. And Lord, your spirit is moving in mighty, mighty ways. And Lord, right now, I just pray that through our tithes and our offerings, that you may use them Uh, to continue to make life change happen, that we may continue to see your hope be revealed in the hearts of lives in this community and all throughout the world. Father, you are good, and we give you all the praise. It's in your name we pray. Amen.